How's it going another day in this quarantine world? What a week we have had. Big guest after big guest. Next week we're doing a fantastic roundtable, which I think will have a lot of people excited. And today we got Keith McPherson, who works for John Boy Media, and they basically cornered the talking market. Whether it's talking Giants, talking Nets, talking baseball, like they, talking football, talking football, they can do talking literally anything, and it's all started by, of course, John Boy and, and talking Jake. That's even his at, and uh, Keith adds a very unique experience. Um, him and Joe McFly are really smart. And I'm excited. And he was really good on GNT. So if you haven't heard that yet, anybody goes to a GNT podcast with Julian Gallardi and Bobby Thompson. They did a full hour and twenty seven minutes, uh, talking really all things really. And they have a horrible podcast. The GNT podcast is trash, and it's terrible. And it's so bad, so I don't know why they do it, but go listen to that horrible, crappy podcast. Why are they even doing this? I have no idea. They have no voice for it. Bobby doesn't know football. Julian doesn't know baseball. They just lick the bottom of people's shoes. They have no idea what they're doing. They are totally, totally trash. And Julian and Bobby should just be paper boys. Absolutely. Go go listen to that awful podcast. Just, just go listen to that. But but let's not delay. We do have a guy, Keith McPherson, who I've met who's someone who I consider one of one of the really cool people, um, that does a lot of work and as before I call him, I just want to put the record on, put this in the atmosphere. The last couple of days, I've had fun at the expense of my co-host here, poking the bear too much. Wait, 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 hold on, before you say anything. But tonight, I have to accept that tables are now reversed. And for those who don't know, Keith McPherson is a longtime Dallas Cowboy fan. So now it's my turn to get the under end of the stick. That's right. Man, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you, man. Yo, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, do, do I sound good? We yes, you do, Keith. Audio? You are good. You're good. You're good, man. So first things first, I got to ask, as I ask all, all, all the guests that come on, how are you doing? How's the fam? How's everything that you're doing in this, you know, these weird times that we are facing. Man, I'm all right. I just, I just got back to the crib. I had a day uh, just driving around, seeing what was going on. I actually just went and got dinner, and I saw uh, the Chick-fil-A over here um, in, in Peterborough. It was crazy. It was like my, my girl thought it was a coronavirus testing center. Like they had <laughs> lines of cars lined up. That's what I wanted to eat. But I, I ended up just getting... Uh, End up just, just getting some habit uh, burger grill, but man, all is well, all is good. I feel like the weather is warming up. I feel like people are starting to think for themselves, go for their own, do their own thing, and, and that's fine as long as they're 
you know, being safe and, um, you know, enjoying themselves. Like, this whole thing has been tough for everybody, but um, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I see that, you know, things are shifting and moving. NBA trying to come back, MLB trying to come back. Regular life seems like it's trying to come back. So, all is well with the fam. I'll be down uh, next weekend for Memorial Day weekend with the fam. But overall, everybody's pretty good. How are you guys? How's it going? We're hanging in there, man. Just, um, you know, another day um, grinding, trying to, like, strive for excellence. As Jay and Kanye always say, murder excellence. Just trying <laughs> to, you know, do as best as we can, man. Yeah. That's, that's all we can do. Uh, so, first things first, um, before we get into anything um, specific, I got to talk about what it's, now you mentioned about the MLB coming back. Obviously, you're hearing back and forth between what's going on, how the players are feeling, they don't want to pay reduced pay, and how baseball's trying to make a deal. Um, what do you think is really going to ultimately happen between the two sides? Because there's a lot of back and forth going on between the players, association of Major League Baseball, and the MLB owners. I think they're going to figure it out. I think they have no choice but to really figure it out. I think it, it's, it's going to take a while, though. So. What we're all thinking, uh, shout out to Trevor Plouffe, you know, Plouffe dropped that bomb saying that spring training two would start June 10th and then uh, MLB opening day would be around July 1st, 4th of July weekend. That target is going to be extremely tough to hit. And the way that the negotiations started this week with the 50-50 split and, um, you know, players coming out saying, hey, it ain't worth it to take a pay cut. It ain't worth it to go back on what we agreed upon. I think the, the owners are going to have to give a bit, and it's going to take a while. It's going to take a couple weeks. I feel like the owner's back's got to be against the wall. The owner's rather get that TV money than no money. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the owner's rather get their franchises out there and have people, you know, buying their team uniforms, their team hats, and... and you know, I know that the players want to be a part of, like, reopening the country. They want this, this moment in time. A-Rod, I'm sure you guys saw A-Rod's video today. Yeah. A-Rod basically just came out pleading that they get it done and um, put egos to the side. And, you know, obviously money is the number one thing, but they're going to have to meet in the middle somewhere. So I think it does get done, but I think it's going to be at the buzzer. It's going to be late, like, and it might not match up with this June 10th spring training and then July 1st opening day but I think we will be back to baseball playing baseball sometime in July if I'm the players I gotta be smart and say it like this eventually either way the owners are gonna win whether it's now or later so if I was a player I'm thinking this okay do I lose money now or do I get my money now right and then next year each team is gonna cop 30 to 50 million in payroll, which is going to lessen my chances. So if, if you're a bet, you're still most likely going to get yours, DJ, etc., etc. So what would you rather do if, if you were a player? I mean, I just think these players are, they're aware of how far players have come. They're aware of the history, the Kirk Bloods, the guys that came before them that fought for them to get the money that they're getting now for you know, a guy like Garrett Cole to be a 300 million man, for Mike Trout to be a 300 million man, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper. You know, these guys understand what it took to get there. And uh, with the next CBA looming over people's heads and a potential holdout strikeout in 2021, 
they're thinking down the line. But I, I really think the players, you know, the, some of the players have countered. Some of the players have come out and tweeted, and they said, I just want to play. You know, there are some of these guys that are they're, they're ball players and they're a little bit younger, and they're not $300 million men. They just want to play. They want to do what they love. They want to do what they were born to do. And they, they want to be a part of, you know, bringing people back together, America's pastime, reopening this country. And I think there are, I think there's going to end up being more. It might be 60, 40, 60% of the players that are like, hey, it's just for this year. We'll split it or we'll agree on something just so we can get some games and get the season in and not lose a season off my career. And then there's going to be another like 40% that's like, nah, I'm good, buddy. You know, I, I got money in the bank and, uh, you know, my eyes are on the prize in 2021, and I've already missed half this season, so I'm not beat to play the rest of the season. And you know what I'm saying? Like, some of these guys are going to opt out, but I think it's going to be more of the other guys that just want to play and figure it out and get it done. Another thing that a baseball has to keep an eye on, we mentioned this before, the NBA looks like it's going to be coming back. The NHL the Players Association are getting closer to an agreement to come back. How would it look for baseball if baseball was like, ah, you know what, we're going to shut down this season? How bad would it look on them if the other sports are coming back and baseball decide, you know what, we're, we're going to punt this year and move into 2021? Oh, man. Uh, like, it would be terrible. <laughs> it would be an L. It would, it would, MLB would have to hold this L. M-L-B. Because <laughs> they're already in third place behind the NFL and NBA. If they want to slip in the fourth place, let the NHL come back and they don't come back. They're, they're gonna, the only tickets in town are what people are going to be watching, man. There's still not going to be bars open right now. There's still not going to be clubs open right now, restaurants open right now. As far as TV is concerned, we saw a Bundesliga come back today. I wouldn't have checked that word, but, you know, Americans are going to watch basketball and they're going to watch hockey, and I think because those are, those are slightly different games, less players indoors. We've seen tournaments go on before, like NBA, and uh, like NBA can just take a, a look at college and see in the beginning of the college seasons they have all these invitations on the tournament, and even in high school where there's a bunch of teams playing in one central location and stand in one central location playing in one court. Baseball can't do that. So there's a little bit more logistics. I saw the, the article that came out today about how the players are going to warm up and what protocols they're going to be taking and all this, and I'm like, yo, they're making it hella difficult just from like like what we're seeing like for these guys to play there's there's so many rules changed and provisions and precautions i think the nba is definitely coming back nhl is going to be right behind them and if mlb misses this opportunity to be like a part of major sports in america reopening the country i don't think they'll ever live it down this is history happening right now they want to be on the right side of history um hypothetical but let's say you were garrett cole right and Nicole was pregnant. What would you do? Would you would you sit out, or or would you play? Man, it depends, you know, because Cole hasn't uh, he hasn't played a real game for the Yankees yet. He's he's played in spring training. He's got a nine year contract, some like thirty six million a year, whatever, and. Uh, it's a tough situation. This is his firstborn kid. And I think the kid is due in June or July. Yeah, June. So it's a tough situation for him. He's well, what would you do if, if he was in that situation? Days, you know? If I were him, man, if I were him, I'm not missing the birth of, 
of my my firstborn. I'm not missing the birth of my son. If my fiance Nicole was pregnant and this is our first kid, nothing is is bigger than that. Especially not in these circumstances where, like, we know it's a rinky dink season. It's a half it's a season. It's a, you know, it's a never before seen thing. Like, no one is gonna fault him for missing. We see guys. Oh, of course here. not on maternity leave or not maternity leave I don't know what to call it but didn't I think like half last year one of the um, yeah the a player gets three days once once the baby's born and then uh, they can be put back on the roster after that Tanaka did that last year yeah and I hate I hate when fans kill players for that like yeah. you understand like, like <laughs> this is their kid you know what it is? To some people, game, players aren't people. They are that guy that's on their fantasy team that's going to make the money. They yep. don't care. They are ruthless. Right. So if I'm Cole, I yep. say, you yep. know what? Screw you. My wife's pregnant. I am not missing my first child's baby. I I, I would take a full week off and see y'all later. I, I got my 36. Or my 18 yeah. in this case. And it's like, alright, you know, like, he, someone else can pitch that week, two weeks, and then all of a sudden we see, okay, Garrett Cole added to the rotation to make his first start maybe two weeks into whatever this half season looks like. Absolutely, and I think people have to understand, like, many of always preachers, man, there are things that are bigger than sport, and especially uh, like parenthood, overcome any sport. Family now, first before say, anything. Family, absolutely. Family, <laughs> yeah. family before anything. Now, I'm going to switch gears and this subject is going to pain me. I know I know Nick is looking forward to what I'm about absolutely. to Absolutely. You, you are a big time Dallas Cowboy fan. I've seen you all the time representing the star, America's team. I get it. I want to get your thoughts about what you I, I want to get your thoughts on a. What do you think of what do you think of the Cowboys draft? Especially, I know you were really hyped. We were talking about don't let CD Lamb. CD Lamb. And he fell to the Cowboys. So, what are your thoughts on on the Cowboys offseason in the draft? <laughs> Yo, um, um, it's an A draft. It was one of the best drafts I ever sat through the whole weekend. I enjoyed it, and honestly, I was worried. I was like, man, what can go wrong will go go to technology. (laughs) And then they, I don't know if you guys remember, that article came out. They said Jerry Jones was going to do the first round of the draft, buying stuff, didn't want anybody around. And I was like, oh, no. Yo, imagine if they would have drafted Jordan Love. (laughs) 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 What would you have said? What would you have said, right, if Roger Goodell says, with the pick, the Dallas Cowboys draft, Jordan Love. I would have thrown the remote through the TV. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, pay hey, that. Pay <laughs> hey, that before you start drafting his replacement. But yeah, man, uh, honestly, the Cowboys finessed that draft. They got they got value at every pick. They got, like, not just value at every pick, but filled the need at every pick. And I could tell right away that this is the McCarthy era. I could tell right away that there's some veteran coaches also with McCarthy that McCarthy has brought in that have influence now on Jerry Jones. Jason Garrett ain't have no influence on J- on Jerry Jones. Like Jason yeah. Garrett was a puppet. Jason Garrett wasn't a boss. He was really just like in that position because Jerry loved them and family ties and the Garrett family. I've actually had the pleasure of being around and you know you know uh, rest in peace, Jim Garrett. Uh, Jason Garrett's dad passed, 
And I think Jerry just always kind of had a soft spot for the Garrett family. But in this draft, you saw right away, C.D. Lamb felt us done, scooped him. The kid digs from Alabama. Oh, my God, what a steal. What a steal. Got the DT from Oklahoma. Got the center from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, We got a corner out of Tulsa. Just a bunch of guys that I think are going to add value to this team right away. They're going to fill needs. They're going to come in and compete. And they're going to be mixed with with uh, Cowboys veterans that we've seen play over the last five years, but also a new crop of veterans that we've seen brought in through free agency. So, hey, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm not a delusional Cowboys fan. That's my catchphrase when people start talking to me. It looks good right now, but I know how quickly we can end up in 8-8 eight and eight again. So, I, I do like I do like the center that you guys drafted, especially replacing Travis Frederick, uh, Frederick which, man, by I feel for him how his season had to, his career had to abruptly end because of an autoimmune disease. I really feel for him. I think the yeah. Cowboys. I, I, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. You know, I'm a Giants fan. I know my team is hot garbage, but I, I do respect the fact that you're a realistic Cowboys fan. And I think to me, this is the year. I think you guys win the division. You didn't win it last year. I think you win the division. Now, how far you guys go? Again, it's football. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to come out and say the Cowboys win the division, which they should, because I think they're the best team in the division. They have That's not saying much. They have arguably, well, well the Eagles are, are not a bad team. Oh, I'm stop sure, it. Their quarterback's going to get hurt by week seven. Listen, listen, Chief, you hear me out here. You guys have the best offensive line in the division. Arguably, you can make a case one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You guys have an improving defense. Your receiving core just got better. Adding C.B. Lambs with Michael Gallup and, um, and Amari Cooper. You have Ezekiel Elliott, which is a top five running back in the NFL. You got to pay back his money, obviously. And a proven head coach who's a Super Bowl champion. So I think the Cowboys have a chance to win this division. They should win this division. Now, the all-important question is, can you guys... Um, Get to the title game. Yeah. Oh, I think the call dropped. Nah, he oh, did. Keep, keep you there. Your oh, phone never oh. disappoints, man. Hold on. This important question. We good. We good. We good. We good. So keep you there, right? So to go off what you were saying, yeah. About last year going into the season, last year going into the season was the most hype, right? And that's because Zeke was coming back and Zeke got paid. And they were looking at this team like, okay, now Dak has all the weapons. And it isn't the first year with Amari Cooper because when Dak first got Amari Cooper, it was during the season. We made that trade, right? They didn't have the rapport developed yet. So it's like, okay, they had a whole offseason to work together. And they didn't do shit last year. But... Dak had his best statistical year last year, and we lost games. I want to say it was coaching because we lost games by, like, four points. We lost games by some bad decisions. We lost games by just not having the right game plan to get it done. So going into this year, I I tell people to taper their expectations because it's McCarthy's first year. Now, we know he's not a first-year head coach. Like, we know he's got NFL experience. He's got a ring. But it's his first year in Dallas. He ain't been coaching in a while. And this is what I also tell people to taper their expectations for. This coronavirus has completely shook up 
the universe. It has flipped this world upside down. So, yeah. Going to the NFL season, we hope we can get a full NFL Sunday schedule as they release it, hopefully with fans. But look at just look at the look at the reports, right? Today, Cody Latimer, uh, Cody Latimer, former Giant, uh, Redskins receiver. Now we talk at NFC East. This guy just got some charges for some gun-related stuff. A couple days ago, we got DeAndre Baker and Quentin Gumball. These guys are charged with some gun-related stuff, and it's like, yo, like this might not have happened if we weren't in this quarantine pandemic where these guys are in places with people that they wouldn't usually be around. They would be at the training facility. They'd be at the gym. They'd be staying out of trouble. So that's what I'm saying. Like, keep your expectations for, like, the hype, right? Like, on paper, even, like, with the Chiefs, right? It's not a guarantee that the Chiefs are going to march back to the playoffs and win it again. Like... You know, and even the Ravens. The Ravens have a easy schedule, right? People saying they strength of schedule as well. Like they got an easy schedule, and then what they did in free agency, bringing in Calais Campbell, and then looking at their draft, it's like, whoa, who's stopping the Ravens? But hey, any given Sunday, any year, you know, this is a weird year. So expect like a random team to come out. Like, like watch the Colts like make a run or something with Philip <laughs> Rivers. They're like some yeah. dark horse team is gonna emerge that you're like what like where did they come from like okay the broncos are nice like i wasn't expecting that like so you know what type of dark horse team will come up like all of a sudden kyler murray and deandre hopkins figure it out isaiah simmons is making tackles everywhere in the car like it can happen but you know what's crazy keith and the fact that you mentioned this how the nfl like you know that if coronavirus just flipped the script like you know how the Browns have always been like the laughing stuff, the most overhyped. What if this is the year the Browns put it all together and just say, hey, you know what? You know, Odell That's not going to happen. Straight. Jarvis Landry is like, you know, <laughs> like, like laser focus and Baker is not the overrated hype that we say. Like, dude, like craziest things are going to happen this year. Like, you know, the only thing, like, luckily with the NBA, like, they were in mid-season, so they don't have to worry about, like, things happening. But the NFL, this NFL season, whether it's starting start time or not, remains to be seen. This season is going to be the most craziest thing, like, that could happen. That Honestly, I can't even, like, I make predictions. I usually like to make my, my, my predictions around close to the training camp. Even now, I, it, it, it's hard. It's like you expect this, you expect this, but... Like you said, Keith, like, this could be a monkey-wrench season where Colts, Broncos, you know, like, the Chargers, like, some random team, like, hey, you know, damn, this this happened. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know, like, that's why I say, like, I'm not all hyped off the Cowboys. I got us going 10 and um, I know that this is a wacky year. I know that there's people with unforeseen circumstances through this coronavirus and now like I said with these players some of these players caught charges look at Earl Thomas oh, oh my god oh my god oh my god me and Nick were talking about this on, on the show the other day how dumb do you have to be like what that was wild. Bro. Like, like, pandemic. It's a quarantine. <laughs> Think about it. For us, right, we're regular guys. Right. Staying in the house. I mean, me, honestly, I was unemployed for some time, staying in the house. I was broke for some time, staying in the house. Staying in the house ain't that hard. But for these millionaires, for these dudes with money and cars that are used to going as they please and doing what they want to do, you tell them they got to stay at home, they can't. So they're doing secret orgies and card games. And yeah, but imagine one thing your brother. 
in bed with you. He's having sex with his girl, and you having sex with your girl. Like, how weird is that? That is weird. Nah, I don't. I, nah, like I don't go that way. I don't know what they act. Uh, listen, you have to stay home for the time being. People are gonna snap. Then you're gonna see these weird, yeah. these weird old cases where you're just like, and, 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 it's, and, and I'm just like, dude, it's the off season. Like, like what are you doing? Like, come on. Right, but like, usually during the off season, these guys would have trainers they're meeting up with at gyms, or they'd be going up um, different fields and running routes, or, or being, you know, you know doing one-on-ones but with this this shutdown these dudes are setting up orgies online and then they're having these chicks meet up for an orgy somewhere you know earl thomas is telling his girl he's going to pick up the groceries and he's been gone for three hours she goes to find him when dunbar and deandre baker get hustled for seventy thousand dollars one day they get invited to a card game two days later they're like oh we've taken this like we're gonna win, and if we don't win, we're jacking everybody. And now Dunbar like, hand, handed himself into the police. So same with same with same with Baker. Baker, Baker. I think that's all. Yeah, Baker both, too. Both, they uh, both Baker? did. They all right. Yeah, they both did, and they're turning. They, they both had to. to yeah, so we, they'll probably they be out by tomorrow. No, that, no, Florida yeah, lost yeah, it. They got, the, they got the bread to, to, they got the bread to be out. They got the bread to make bail. But it's now hitting a different level when it's like, okay, now the lawyers are involved. I saw the lawyers are putting out statements. I'm like, yo, this is going to get tricky right now. Especially, like, it, it, like, let's just say, like, they, they, they get off on skate. I mean, you still have to do with the, you still got to do with the NFL, like, you know, their... Their policy, you still got to right. do with them. <laughs> <laughs> and Goodell bot, the bot is like, what are you doing? You're ruining the brand. <laughs> we just had an amazing draft. <laughs> like, now, I, 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 I'm think about the Shield. <laughs> now, I got to bring it back to, like, the NBA, and I'm going to talk about the Nets now. Hold up, hold up. First, first before the Nets, on James's live yesterday, you said Julius Irving over Michael Jordan. What were you thinking when you typed that? You physically typed. This is why I can I can justify it. This is why I wrote that. Cause um the young lady that was on the live said no one came before MJ. Right. So when we're talking ghosts, we start the go conversation comparing MJ to Kobe to LeBron and that's the era of ghosts. But Dr. J was a goat that MJ looked up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I threw that out there. Michael like, Jordan always just—I like, mean, man, Doctor J. Uh, it's just Doctor J did too much before there was video, social media, cameras, uh, media in general. Doctor J was going to the rucker and giving them boys bucket. No, but yeah. Doctor J, J don't have to like like Doctor J. Doctor J 
did it in the ABA, did it in the NBA, did it for multiple teams. Like, I'm trying to get the Brooklyn Nets. I, I've been on Talking Nets saying the Brooklyn Nets, they, last season they did a Dr. J Black Panther bobblehead night. They did. That was their like, first time oh, wow. they invited Dr. J to a Nets game where I'm like, yo, they didn't they didn't give this man his flowers enough. They didn't show this man enough love for what he did for the old Nets. Like, he should be a part of this. And now they're starting to show him some love, but it's just like, it's just the time, right? People don't talk about Bill Russell. I saw a video clip of Bill Russell where he jumped from almost the foul line, jumped over a dude to do between his legs, and he just hit him with the lay. I was like, yo, he couldn't dunk that. And I think someone said like it was illegal for him to dunk. Like they were making the rules back then to stop Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, from, from dominating. Like, Even Dr. J. Now when Jordan came along, the marketing machine that was there in place for the NBA, and then Jordan with Gatorade, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Hanes, you name it. Like, that beast of a marketing machine, all the rules in the NBA catered to him. Like, he could do what he wanted on the court. He was black Jesus. But still, got to give Dr. Dr. J some love. When I heard Shorty say, uh, no one came before Jordan, I'm like, hey, doctor, you got to give Dr. J. I'm like, Dr. J greater than Jordan. She said, yeah, because when I was talking to the lovely Jessica Slate, I thought, because I was mentioning, like, it's hard to have these girl conversations because what I said, what I said, um... No, I know what you said, but he just yeah. typed Dr. J, Arrow, MJ. There was no, I, I uh... But, but I can understand where she just comes yeah, from. No it, it's, because, it, 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 it's because of the fact that you have to look, there are, there are people that came before. You have to remember, Oscar Robinson was another person that you were People get that. People forget that Oscar Robinson before Rush averaged a triple-double for an entire year. Like, Oscar Robinson still holds the records for the most career triple-doubles. Like, people get how dominating Oscar was. So you got Oscar, you got Wilt. Kareem, Magic, like you got Bill Russell dominating, you got Jerry West, the logo, you know, like, even though know Jerry West doesn't get talked about as much because he, because he only won one championship, Jerry West was the, is still the only player in the NBA history to be finals MVP on a team that lost. Come on, man. You, yeah, bro, but it's just like... We don't have, like, so, like, all this, all this talk that we're even doing right now is because... We have this 10-episode doc, right? I need to see a doc. There is a, a Dr. J doc. Like, the thing about these older ghosts, they're ghosts in the minds of the people that saw them, but for the young people that never saw them, a lot of these young people never saw Jordan, so they're seeing the last dance now, and they're giving him his respect. But, like, you're talking about Jerry West? I know that. You know that because we're, like, we're sports fans. We've done the research. We've come across this. But the regular 13-year-old kid right now is like, yo, LeBron is the GOAT. Because you know what? They saw LeBron come from St. Vincent, St. Mary. They, they've seen the whole process. Exactly. And that's how everything. And then, and then on top of it, right, they've seen LeBron be a businessman, be a family man. They've seen all around their lives. They've seen every single thing. It's crazy. It's, that's what the difference is. And even with Kobe, man, rest in peace to Kobe. Kobe's story is crazy because the way he went out this year but like Kobe had more to give Kobe had like we were just starting to see the second phase of oh my Kobe god Kobe's his second life was going to be great with the winner's game with these young yeah. ladies like like 
that would have that would have gave him more on his goat status. Like if his daughter goes on to like go to UConn, make the WNBA, and then all the young women that he influenced go on the ball out from the Mamba Academy to um the what's her name Sabrina Ionescu, yeah. who just got drafted by the Liberty. Like she would have shot out under his tutelage for a little while. Like yeah, man. Like Jordan wasn't doing that. <laughs> Jordan wasn't doing. People that. gotta understand. People gotta understand that Kobe's second life was gonna be good. The man won an Oscar. He won an Oscar. Come on, man. He won an Oscar for Dear Basketball. Jordan. People gotta remember too, like, like, like in Jordan's day, it was just basketball. It wasn't. It wasn't in Kobe's era. It wasn't yeah. LeBron's era. Like Jordan and Jeter are different. They were just basketball. They were just baseball. They figured, why would anybody care what my political views are? Let me just go and play. If if they play today. Maybe it would be different. Maybe it would be Jordan on 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 the award stage with, with with three of his friends. You know what I'm saying? So so that's a difference too. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. just it's just it was different. Way less distractions back then, right? We said all well, that dance. Jordan said, I was, a, "I was a ball player, and that's what I was. Like I played ball. I wasn't trying to get into politics. I wasn't trying to be this. I wasn't trying to be that. I was trying to be the best basketball player I could be." Now it came with Kobe. Look at LeBron. Yeah, Kobe too. Uh, but LeBron can't be that. LeBron's got to come out, and every time there is uh, an issue, LeBron's got to speak on it. LeBron had the whole shut up and dribble documentary after yes, he came out and spoke. And I love LeBron for that. I love LeBron for that. Um, not to take the podcast this way, but I don't know if you guys caught when um, Jason Whitlock came out oh, last that. and said uh, with the, with the Mod Arbery thing and. Uh, what he said? came out and said his words about the young man. LeBron came out and tweeted uh, about Ahmad Arbery, the, the young man that was murdered in Georgia by, you know, two white guys that just, like, were in a pickup truck with a rifle. Holy and shit. LeBron came out and said, you know, we, we're hunted. Black people, we're, we're hunted. I'm sick and tired of this. Like, this is wrong, whatever. And then Jason Whitlock, another black man, but in sports media, who, honestly, yo, like, I got no love for Jason Whitlock because he, uh, he plays the wrong side every time. He came out and said that LeBron was using that to gain leverage over Jordan because Jordan didn't do any type of politics. He didn't do any type of social justice talk. Like Jordan, like just stayed to his sport. LeBron, he said LeBron was doing this to leverage himself as like a greater athlete and person over Jordan, which I don't think that's true. No, that's that's definitely not true. And uh, I'm I'm glad you brought up the race because th- this kind of goes to a question with yesterday. With the whole Rooney rule, right? Now, say say you're offered a job, right? Just because you're black, and you and James are can obviously speak on this. Would you would you accept a job knowing that the other guy is more qualified than you? Yeah, because I, I yeah, um, I don't know why, but we're good now. We're back on recording. Um, what what my calls want to ask is like you heard about the Rooney Rule. Um, you heard about um how NFL teams accepting um player um coach um NFL teams to hire minority um coaches and GM saying oh if you hire them you get to move up play up on ten spots in the third round. So if you were would you accept a job a high paying job based on the color of your skin and not because you earned it? Oh my god! Connection and the ball doesn't drop anymore because I'm on my back foot. All right, all right. So basically, what I was saying, right? 
based on this whole Rooney Rule thing, um, would you accept a job knowing that the other person is better qualified than you, but you know they're asking you just because of the color of your skin? Depends. Um, because, like, if I'm accepting a job, most likely I don't know the candidates and uh, or the other candidates. And, shit, that's an advantage, being black. Like, they got to do this affirmative action shit. They got to do this diversity <laughs> stuff. Like, they need, they need a black man in there. They need a black person in there sometimes. So, yeah, I'm taking that job. Um, you you wouldn't feel embarrassed? Where, like, I know the I know the other candidate, or I know yes. the other person is like better suited for me, or better suited for the job than me. Then I'm like, yeah, no. And, and it depends on the company because it's like, if there's a situation where I feel like I'll be in over my head and I'm not the right person for the job, I'm not going to just take the job because they want, you know, they want a black person in the position. But if it's a job where I think like I'm well suited for it. And I don't know the other candidate, and they, you know, I do get the feeling that oh, they don't got enough diversity over here. They just looking to, you know, fill a fill a hole. And yeah, I'm taking that. Now I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you this, Keith. Um, stick, stick, I'm sticking gears, and we normally, we normally, I normally don't discuss this, but I, but I want to bring this to the forefront. We're sticking with that is, what do you think of the NFL's rule about this affirmative action thing that they're going on, incentivizing teams? to hire minority coaches just to move up places in the draft. Are you for it or against it? Kind of backwards. Like, that's like the yeah. thing, like, like, and I think Anthony Lynn came out and said, like, sometimes in trying to do the right thing, you could do the wrong thing. Like, you shouldn't be rewarded for it. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be given a, you shouldn't be given an advantage. You shouldn't be given a, a, a perk for doing it. Like, we shouldn't have to incentivize you to do it you should just be doing it off the fact that, like, it's the right thing to do. It shouldn't be a matter of, oh, well, if we take this, this black receiver's coach over this white receiver's coach, we can increase our draft. Like, no. Like, and I don't know. What did they say? Third-round picks? Third-round picks. You move up 10 spots in the third round. I don't like that. I don't like that. And uh, I understand, because I, I also don't like this. I, I, I know that in this um, – this past season, when Black Monday came, and it's funny that's Black Monday when we don't, <laughs> when the season ends and all the coaches get fired. Um, when Black Monday came, there were some names being floated around. Uh, Eric, uh, be, yeah, the enemy. Yeah, I thought for sure that guy was going to get a head coaching job. Like he just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, and he's been in the league for. He's been around. He's been in, in the league for a while. So I thought for sure that dude was getting a job. There's a couple other candidates, but hey, like the thing is, you know, these organizations, they're owned by owners that they want a certain guy, they want a certain style, they want a certain look, and these guys are people that they're going to be working with, and a lot of times, people hire people that look like them that they're comfortable yep. with. Yep. When I saw the Carolina job, and I when I saw Matt Rule got the Carolina job, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. They were, I know what I... There were other guys that I thought could get it, but I just didn't even think that. Like, like Matt Rule going from Temple to Baylor to, to the Carolina Panthers, I'm like, one, I don't think he's he's really ready for all that yet. Two, I don't think he's really earned all that yet. But three, hey, all it takes is somebody to like you. And supposedly they said the owner like liked the way he dressed or something like that. And I'm like, 
man. You offer a man seventy million dollars, he taking that. I know it's crazy, and it goes back. I think the I think the Panthers are going to suck. By the way, I think I think a rule is going to fall flat flat on his face. He might be out of there quicker than Chip Kelly was out of Philadelphia. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You know what's funny is the fact that you, you mentioned that it's like you have to you have to look at the NFL. The NFL is kind of like an old. I compare the NFL and the NBA too different. Like the NBA, the NBA is more progressive. There are nuances. It's exciting. The NFL is kind of like the old boys club where, you know, you got you to gotta be like me. You got to walk like me. You got to talk like me. You got you to gotta dress like me. Like, I think of the NBA as like the new and the NFL is kind of like the old fashioned. Look at who the owners are, man. That's why. Exactly. And, and, yeah, and I know. Right. I know. And, and, and it goes into a point of the NBA. Like, a lot of the NBA owners, minus James Dolan, are younger and got and got up to today's day. While a lot of the NFL owners are old white ladies, old white men, except for the Buffalo Bills owner, Sean Lady. But still, the point is they're all a bunch of old white folks, and they like it the old school way. And the and the NBA is newer, younger, progressive. How how do you think the NBA is the most one of the more popular sports right now in the world? Well, how, how do y'all think that? I mean, I know baseball's America's fast time. You want to know why it's cheaper to play? The the kids say there's more of me out there, and and it's just easier. Look at baseball. Baseball's too expensive, man. And also, growing up, growing up playing travel ball, my my family was dropping two hundred dollars just for my just for my gear, right? Then my then then my uniform yeah. would be ninety bucks, right? And then and then and then any any other than that was hotel fees. We 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 always got a big bus, so that's how it is in basketball. You pay what twenty five for the jersey, maybe ten for the shorts, and that's it. And maybe twenty dollars with the arm sleeve, and that's just an extra. Yeah. So, so it's different. Yeah. And, and you know what's crazy, Keith, is like, you know, look how many basketball hoops you find. I mean, like, I'm at home right now, and then there's like a basketball hoop straight straight across from me. How many, like, baseball field do you see? How many, like, football field do you see? Unless you go to a high school. Like, you, like the basketball is easier to play. It's fun. It's global. And you can go in, and if you're, if you're talented enough, you can go in there and make a quick buck. And you don't even have to go to college now. If you're really that person, you know, you know, if you're really that person, you can you, you can even go to the MB, MBBL and then get drafted. You don't even have to go to college. You're right. I, I mean, I love the NBA. I think the NBA can overtake the NFL, depending on how things go. Whoa. I was saying, I was saying, uh, I was saying a couple of years ago, I was like, the NBA is king. Um, they're going to overtake the NFL just because their, their players are more visible. The NFL players are in helmets. Everybody knows. Steph Curry. Everybody knows Kevin Durant. Everybody knows LeBron James. Everybody knows Kyrie. Like there's there's stars in the NBA that still have a lot of years to go. Meanwhile, in the NFL, like some of these stars are about to be done. I, I think Brady's got another one year, maybe two. I think Drew Brees got one more year. Two. I think Ben Roethlisberger got one year, maybe two. And it's like you know what it is too. To really carry it, it's like LeBron and them. They're always on social media. You know, other than Michael Thomas, you know, football players don't be doing that. 
I mean, it's a credit to the league office too because all of these things are pushed in initiative. I've had the pleasure of being in MLB's offices and NFL offices and talking to people and seeing how they do all this stuff. Major League Baseball is far behind with marketing their players. Like they don't know, they don't know how still to market their players because of the structure of the game and the style of baseball players. Baseball players like DJ LeMayu, they're studs on the field. But they don't give a damn about Instagram. They don't. They're not on Twitter. Like they're, they're just not. They don't. They don't care. But then you look at the NBA, and there's a last guy on the bench who's got. 300,000 followers on Instagram. He's getting fits off. He's got sneaker game. Like, he's lit. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? And, and I, and I want to bring this back to the Brooklyn Mets, and this is what I want to talk about. Obviously, for those who don't know, Keith McPherson, not only is he a Yankee fan, and not only is he a Dallas Cowboy fan, he's a Brooklyn Nets fan. And for those who get it twisted, he's not one of those Nets fans that jump on the bandwagon. He's been repping the Brooklyn Nets since the Jersey days, when they were the New Jersey Nets, yeah. with it's Jason tough. Kidd. It's tough. For a long time, it was trash. For, for I gotta ask time. you this: the future is bright. You just got, when healthy, a top two basketball player in the NBA. KD, you got Spencer Dimwitty, you got Kyrie. Your team looks nice. Do you think Brooklyn is gonna do something that the Knicks couldn't do? Bring a championship to New York? I think we can. I honestly think we can, and that's because I think KD. I just, I think KD is the best player in the world. More so than LeBron, more so than the Greek freak, more so than Kawhi, because he can get a shot off. He can, and he's a seven foot assassin. So if yeah, this is what it this is what it hinges on. Two things: KD's health. Like if KD comes back and he's the KD he was from two years ago, fire, good. But if over, if he loses a step with his Achilles and he's not really his like Ooh. dominant player, like KD's thirty one now, like he might. I don't know. He might be over the hill, and we might start to see his skills deteriorate. But I don't think so. I think KD's got a good like at least five years left in him. Um, and then also, like, we need a coach. We fired Kenny Atkinson. That was so horrible, man. Cool and all, but like, yeah, I didn't like how they did Kenny, but we need to hire a coach. We need to... Um, Who would you want? I need to get order in the building because with these egos, like Kevin Durant, when he comes back, we already know. We see him on Twitter. He's outspoken. Yeah. Kyrie we, is a whole nother... Head case like the already the first year with, with Kyrie. I'm like, I'm like, yo, like I love who, Kyrie. He's a Jersey who, cat. I'm who like, would you want as the coach, Keith? Who, who would, would you want, want as the next coach? Man, I just don't like any. I, I want it to be a relatively unknown at this point because I don't want Mark Jackson. I don't want Tom Thibodeau. I damn sure don't want Tyron Blue. Um, <laughs> People, people are throwing Jeff Van Gundy out there. Uh, J- Jason Kidd, no way. We did, like I love Jason Kidd for what he was in the early 2000s, but we already did that experiment with him, and he made a fool of himself. I don't know. Uh, I really, I really don't know. I want it to be a relatively unknown. Maybe Sean Marks knows something that we don't know, and if it's not a relatively unknown, give me Greg Popovich. Whoa! You think they're gonna snatch up? You think they're gonna snatch up Greg Popovich from San Antonio? Hell okay. no. I jokingly say that because stupid Nets fans were like, when we, we played the Spurs late in the year and we beat the Spurs, and it was like the Nets are turning the corner. We like, we beat the Spurs. Go, beat go the for Celtics, Becky Hammond. We beat the Lakers. 
Becky Hinn. I mean, I, hey, they, I just don't think they're going to do that. But no, no disrespect and not taking anything from her. I think she she deserves a shot eventually as a head coach. But I don't think they're going to do that in the, the bright lights in New York City. But um, no. late in the season, like I said, when we beat the Celtics, the Spurs, and the Lakers, people were like, oh, yeah, you know, like Marks was having conversations with Popovich while the Spurs were in town. And, you know, like that might be – I'm like, nah, that's not like, – you think Pop is trying to leave San Antonio, his legacy, what he's built over there? I'm sure he's got a nice little house, nice little compound, compound, mansion type, you know, set up over there. He's not trying to come live in Brooklyn or, you know, New York. Nah, I think think that's a long shot. So I really can't call it, but we have time. And um, I want to say, like, like Katie is officially shut down. And we have speculation since October to now. It's literally been every week. Like, is he going to play? Is he not? I'm glad that they came out and said he's not going to play when the NBA resumes. So, for me, I mean, I want I want LeBron to win this year, but, uh, like, I don't really care. I don't care until hopefully we can get back to basketball in October 2021 or, or October 2020 and, and into the 2021 season. I think that's a fair assessment. I, I think KD is going to come back around October 2020, and then if KD is as close to what he was two years ago, then the Brooklyn Nets are going, and I said this before, and Keith, you can agree with me. If KD is healthy, assuming that he's healthy and he's as, as he was two years ago, then KD and Kyrie are going to be the top the top team in the, in the Eastern Conference, and I don't see any team in the East beating them. And I don't see Milwaukee, I don't see Toronto, because you got to understand, a guy that's seven foot and can pull up from like 40, how are you stopping that? <laughs> How are you stopping that? You're not like, stopping KD. What it's going to be is that we have like we have Kyrie, but then if we don't end up trading, because people are saying we're going to trade for a third star like Bradley Beal or something like that, and I'm like, no, I don't know about all that. But even if we don't trade, like we have Spencer Dinwiddie, we have Karis LeVert, we have Joe Harris, like we have the role players around here. DeAndre Jordan better, he better a switch in the gear and find that foul and use the next <laughs> there's, there's guys on this team that can fill out the team around KD where KD doesn't have to do it every night when, we, when it's winning time when we need somebody to close out which that's been the next problem the last few years like we didn't have a, a closer D'Angelo Russell gave us a little bit of a closer last year Spencer Dinwiddie got hot for like a month or two last year where he was a closer and then late in the year Karis LeVert like hit his god level I don't know what got into him like that that game at Boston Garden he went all the way off dropped 51 I'm like okay Karis is a closer like now we, we just know what it is. You know, we'll see. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential for the Nets. I, I can't wait to go to the Barclays Center. It's going to be lit on another level. And I'll see you there, Keith. I will see you there. Um, are you happy? Yeah, pull up. Why not? You, like, you're uh, a I'm Knicks fan. Why? We know you. I am. And and, you, and it's funny. You let you 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 just got me. You just got me thinking about this, man. Um, are you happy that KD screwed over the Knicks for your team? No, he's sad, James. Listen. Uh, the, uh, uh, did he cut again? Oh, damn it. I'm going to pull up. up. You know, you pull up. I'm going to pull up to see good basketball, whether it's Barclays Center or MSG. The city is alive when there's good basketball. I can't wait. Like, that's going to be something that in the fall, if we can return to some type of normalcy in the city and, and the NBA starts back up and you get that hype again with people pulling up to Madison Square Garden or Barclays Center, like, New York will come alive. 
Um, and, and, I, and I was going to ask you this, though, before. Um, you know, KD, like, are, were you surprised that KD chose the Nets over the Knicks? Nah, and I, I someone asked me on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I said, yo, KD is such a sensitive ass. Like, remember when that billboard went up in uh, Midtown and it had... Oh, yeah. Had, uh, yeah, and yeah, him, Kyrie, and Zion. Yeah, and him, Kyrie, and seeing all these memes. <laughs> like, Knicks fans, the thing is, like, Knicks fans get ahead of themselves. And they don't realize, like, yo, you're hurting the Knicks' chances by making memes and, and doing this Twitter talk and all this stuff. Like, KD is a sensitive body. Like, he's sitting on yeah. burner accounts. And he's yeah. seeing all these Knicks fans, like, yo, we better get Kyrie, KD, Zion, blah, 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 blah. And, of course... Rich Kleiman, his partner, 35 Ventures, is already in New York and is a Knicks fan. I think there was a prospect of him to come to the Knicks, but everybody ruined it. They jumped the gun. They were putting him in the Knicks jersey, and he didn't like that when he was with the Warriors. And he's coming to town with the Warriors to play the Knicks, and he's seeing himself in the Knicks jersey like, wait, I'm, I play for Golden State. I haven't made a decision yet. Meanwhile, the Nets, like me as a Nets fan, I was sitting back. I knew. We had to go through our nonsense when we traded the picks, the Boston. We had the whole fiasco with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, blah, blah, blah. We had to we had to live through that. I watched plenty of NBA drafts. So I'm like, we don't got a pick. Like, this is back. Came <laughs> out of that. And, and, and we knew that this past summer, we're like, this is our summer to land. Uh, we didn't know if we were going to land. We didn't know if we were going to land KD, Kyrie. We damn sure. We thought there was a chance. But we didn't we didn't think we would land them both how we did. And when it came that way, it's like, wow, that is a that's like a changing of the guard. Like as much as the Knicks are worth, as much respect as that brand gets in sports, how valuable oh, yeah. the team is, K D said, he's like, Yo, like superstar players don't want to play there. Carmelo Carmelo took that chance because he's a New Yorker and he you know, he gave out some good years but yeah, it never really got done. I don't know who the next one's gonna be. You guys gotta draft to build that team. Like RJ Barrett, I'm a Duke fan. RJ Barrett is gonna be a star in this league. Like he's gonna be a dominant player and like give him a year or two. And then we'll see you guys draft this year, but the Knicks gotta build through the draft and then yep. get a couple pieces through free agency. They're not gonna land the top guys in free agency and then going into free agency next year, who's the top guy? Like the like the top guys are already where they're and Giannis, yeah, I'm not Giannis, think. Yeah, yeah, Giannis, no, 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 no. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to get Giannis. I'm not one of those Knicks fans. But what I am saying is the Knicks got to pull a Golden State and he's going to have to endure losing seasons and then build through that way and then free, and then you'll have to flip the switch. That's how Golden State did. So I'm thinking if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm thinking, listen, man, you know what? I already team see my team stink. Look at how the Nets did it. Because the Nets, for a while, like you said, the K, like, you know, no drive picks. The K's like, y'all went for the quick fix. Y'all went for the home run, and y'all struck out big time. And then y'all took your time. You got your picks back. And then, bam, you guys end up getting building a proper team. And you got two of the top ten players in the league with arguably a chance to win a championship, to bring a championship to New York. Something that the Knicks haven't done. Because y'all remember. New York City is a basketball-driven city. It's not baseball, amateur, and hockey. It, it's it's basketball. And like and like and keep you know I'm a Knicks fan. But listen, the net, and hopefully when this pandemic is over and there's some sort of normalcy, I'll pull up to a Nets game because I want to see good basketball. It doesn't mean I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to jump the jump the bandwagon. Uh-huh. I want I want to I want to see some good basketball. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I'm not honestly like I'm not liking the way it's going. We in this in this half season in this tournament that we're about to see this shortened season. The Yankees should be the favorites, and we should take this. Whatever comes, we should take it. Like I was saying um, on Julian's podcast, I was like, hey, think about John Carlos Stanton. He hits when it's warm. This guy has not played a full season in two years. Like he could come in and power us. Through a couple months in, in June, uh, July, August, September, where if this guy is hitting a home run every couple games, like like the Yankees are stacked with a 30-man roster, we have the guys. We should be the favorites to win it. And I'm I'm kind of scared, y'all. I'm really kind of scared because like we gave Garrett Cole all this money, and if we don't play this year, and if we lock out next year. This hurts us more than any other team in Major League oh, Baseball yeah. because we're in our championship window. We've been in the window and we got cheated, right? The Astros yeah. cheated in 2017. The Red Sox cheated in, in um, 2018. 2019, the Astros said they weren't cheating, but I, I always think that, you know, when you cheat, you cheat until you get caught. So they weren't caught yet. So I think they had some type of fix against us um, in Houston. Like, even like that first game, like, the, not the first game, we beat them the first game in Houston. That second game in Houston where gave it up and Correa hit that home run I'm like I bet he knew what pitch was coming I, I want to say like if the Yankees don't win this year whatever tournament it is and we end up locking out next year like it could get bad man and I mean that's doomsday that's me spiraling but it's reality like if we don't play this year and, and take it and like even I, here's the other doomsday we do play this year we take it and then we don't win again for another 10 years and then people don't hold this year's championship with the same light they hold the World Series is like I'm not uh, fighting that fight till I die. I agree. I totally agree. I think we're we're good enough to possibly see a Yankees Dodgers World Series, which I think if you're a Yankees Twitter and you're Dodgers Twitter, that's going to be a party because especially you got two of the most iconic franchises, not even baseball and sports. The LA Dodgers brand, the LA brand, the New York Yankees their brand. You know, you're talking about the, the Dodgers originated in Brooklyn. Going to LA, the Yankees and the Dodgers haven't met since 19, I think 81. I'd like to believe. Yes, 81. When the Dodgers took it, when the Dodgers took it in six. So I, I, I think I think we're about to gear for that. So I'm gonna wrap this with what I like to say. Um, I'm gonna do what we call rapid fire, Keith. So I ask you random questions. Hold on, hold on. All right, go ahead. All right, Keith, you there? Keith, I'm here. 
Alright, so I'm about to ask you rapid fire. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you random questions. You're gonna give me the answer that come off the top of your head. Alright. Alright, um stay um favorite all time net player. All over just one? One. Vince Carter. Favorite current net player. Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, all t- your favorite all-time Dallas Cowboy? Troy Aikman. Current, your favorite current Dallas Cowboy? The... Now, oh, oh, um, who's more overrated, Sam Donald or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones, he's about to fumble a bunch again. Yeah. yeah. Is, is Tom Brady washed? Yeah, Tom Brady definitely watching. Oh come on, you're lying to yourself. There are all the pictures. Nah, he's watched, man. You'll see this year when he can't get the ball down the field to Mike Evans. Like, Look at all the weapons he has. They're gonna do way better than the Cowboys. Way better. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I guess. Uh, um, is the Patriots dynasty officially over? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, might as well do the, do the tank move. <laughs> now, who um, are the Bills for real, or are they are they just con- are they just pretenders? No, the, the Bills are for real. <laughs> I can't believe they lost that playoff game. How they did? That's gonna um, that's gonna propel them into this year. They're for real. Are the uh, will the Astros have the same success now that they're no long that they no longer have the ability to cheat? No, and people won't forget. People are still going to be on that when we start playing again. And the biggest and most important question, this Super Bowl this year, are, will your Cowboys team, will your Cowboys finally put it all together? No, no. <laughs> no not in McCarthy's first year. No. Well, that has been rapid fire. Um, um, with, with the great Keith McPherson. Um, before we let you go, um, talk, talk about what you do for John Boy Media and how did you get into John Boy Media in the first place. Well, my official title at John Boy is Social Media Manager. I have some experience doing social media. Uh, I worked at MTV. I worked at Rock Nation. I worked at Trubo TV. Uh, I have a good, I guess, just grasp of you know what people want to see on social media how to monitor it, how to make sure things are written right, the right copy, and stuff like that. So if you take my personal experience, or my professional experience, and then you take my personal stuff, which is being a Yankee fan, uh, going to Yankee Stadium, and this past season, the Yankees had a good run. I was at about 40 games. I met a bunch of people. Uh, I got on the Yes Network. I got on a bunch of other things that kind of elevated me in the Yankee world. And then I was able to run into John Boy, meet John Boy last season. I'd already been following him, been listening to Talking Yanks, been a fan. And we kind of rapped for a little bit and talked. Every time we met, it was always good energy. Met Jake, too. Uh, a couple times at the stadium, hung out with them. And it was always good vibes. It was always just like we spoke the same language. And uh, I'm blessed to be working with them. But I was, you know, working with Bronx Pinstripes. I had a podcast called George's Box. And when I saw them last year, it was like uh, – like a hey, you know, like you guys, like like I, I like you guys. I appreciate what you do, but I can't exactly work with you guys. I'm tied up elsewhere. I ended up moving on from Bronx Pinstripes and George's Box, and I also ended up moving on 
from the jobs that I was working in the corporate world, um, I almost took a job at Spartan Race this past year, and I was had already been in touch with, with Jimmy John Boy, and he had seen some of the video editing I've done, he'd seen some of the podcast stuff I've done. He just, you know, we just kind of became more friends. I remember, you know, he pulled up, well, he moved to uh, New York, and I pulled up on him when he moved to New York, and we went and got lunch, we talked for a little while, and he told me what was going on with, you know, John Boy Media, and uh, he said to me, like, you know, I want you to do talking Nets. I know you're a Nets fan. I want you to get that off the ground, and I, I really want you to be involved with the Yankees. Ah. Uh, well, Jimmy, you were talking so you're, about you're, your, your experiences and how did you get into John Boy Media. Yeah, okay, so yeah, so my, my title at John Boy Media is social media manager, but... I'm a self-proclaimed Mac of all trades. I, I edit videos, I edit podcasts, I host podcasts, I'm getting videos. Um, I do social media managing as my like profession. If you look me up on LinkedIn, you'll see I worked at MTV, I worked at Fubo TV, I worked at Rock Nation doing digital marketing, social media managing. I've taken that and um, almost two years ago, I left Rock Nation and I, and I took what I learned and I said, hey, I, I'm a sports fan, I love the Yankees, I'm in New York. There's nothing more I'd rather do than to create content around the Yankees and around sports and take the knowledge that I have and just kind of build out something of my own, something that I can have. And I did that last year. I went to like 40 games. I was able to run into John Boy and Jake at like two or three games. Every time I ran into those guys, it was good vibes, good energy. But it was the type of thing where it was like, they were looking like, hey, how can we steal Keith? How can Keith come work with us, you know, create content with us? And I was doing my thing with Ross Pinstripes and George's Box. Nah, you you were you you were in the middle of lunch with John Boy. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Say that again. I was in the middle. Yeah, you were what you were talking about how you were had um you had lunch with John Boy and then you know oh, yeah yeah so um so when John Boy moved to the city, I was already doing talking nets because I, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to have start a basketball podcast with some of the Nets fans, it was a big year for the Nets. I, um, and he actually, you know, said they had, they had plans to start, you know, they had talking next, um, talking Nets. So I, when John Boy moved to the city in November, I went and met up with him, we had lunch and we rapped for like, like two, three hours and it was just positive. But, um, you know, after the end of all that, he said like, yeah, we're gonna be opening up an office, we're gonna have a company, we got a bunch of people working for us. We're gonna bring in some interns. You know, keep doing your thing. I like what you're doing, but like, we're like, we don't have a spot for you right now. We can't pay. And I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. I was interviewing. I was looking at jobs between the end of like the Yankee season and Christmas, and I, I almost took a job at Spartan Race. Like, I went on the interview. I landed the job, but something happened with the agency that represented me. Either way, man, everything happens for a reason. God has a plan. Um, that job ended up falling through. Uh, John Boy ended up going to California and something happened with a different round of investments or whatever. And, um, you know, he hit me up and he said, hey man, we can bring you on in some capacity. Like we figured out how to, how to pay you to keep you around. We, we love your energy. We love what you do. We, you know, we just would love to have you around. And I would say that was what? That was like December, January. And we went to the new office, and we've been running ever since. Now, we haven't been in the office since early March, but I'm sure you guys see what we do with talking yeah. baseball, talking Yankees, pinstripe strong, talking net. Like, you know, we're cranking out content, we're doing what we got to do. And, you know, it's me, it's John Boy, it's Jake, it's Joe's McFly, it's Kyle, 
BBD. Like we we have a good group of guys that are just working on um, videos, content, keeping the thing going without games. Like that's the craziest part. We thought we were going to be covering this Yankee season. You know, we thought we were going to be at Yankee Stadium. That's why John Boy got the office um, in the Bronx because we thought we would be pulling up the Yankee Stadium to see the games, meet the players, cover you know cover the season and. Uh, that hasn't happened, but that hasn't slowed us down. Uh, I'm thankful for John Boy Media. I'm thankful for my role at John Boy Media. The future looks bright. And w- and whenever the season starts, I I assume you'll be making videos from the Batista Suites. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. It sucks, man. Yo, we had so yo. So I'll kick you guys because I haven't told anyone, and it's not gonna happen, but. I was about to do this, like, MTV Cribs style, like, lifestyle of the rich and famous, like, like this, like, glamorized video in the suite, and then, like, I mean, I met James in the suite last year, so, like, say we do the video, and we come in, we, we, we're introducing everybody, hey, this is Batista, hey, this is my guy James right here, we're in the luxury of the Yankees legend suite, we're about to watch the Yankees play the Mariners, whatever it might be, you know, and we were gonna, we we're gonna shoot content like that just to play up, you know, Batista Suites and, and let people see Yankee Stadium because people, some people really have never seen the Suites. There's people yeah, that yeah. have come to Yankee Stadium a hundred times but have never been in there and I'm like, man, you know, I had this whole thing I, I, was, I was gonna call it Series Suite, um, like like a play on words, like Series Suite, like call it Series Suite and that, I don't know, there's a bunch of things that we had for the season that didn't go through, but they will go through at a later time, man. You guys will be involved. We'll figure it out. We'll go to game. We'll have tickets. Batista's the man. He'll look up the suites and everything. And we'll get the Yankee family all back together as soon as we can go back to Yankee Stadium. Absolutely, Keith. I just want to say before we end this is that I, personally, I had the personal love pleasure of meeting the great Keith McPherson at the suite last year, which was my very first time being at the Yankee suite. And it was and it was ironic because I was actually gonna go to a couple of suite games this year through the great Batista, but you know, quarantine said quarantine and cor- and corona um, corona nineteen said otherwise. He was like, nah, stop that joint, bro. <laughs> No, but I will say this, um, Keith. Whenever it's free, you know, you know us. You know we're real. We're me and you. We got good energy. Every time we talk, it's always been on good thing. I always, we always have good vibes. I appreciate. And also, I want and to bring people in the curtain. Keith was one of the first people besides Nick here who said, who reached out to me when my father passed away through his condolences. And I will always remember. Oh, that was a beautiful thread, Keith. And I will appreciate that, man. That was uh, was just being real, bro. Like, you know, I I lost my brother in 2015. Only brother I ever had. My brother was like a father figure to me. So when, like, you know, I I saw, I mean, I saw that whole thing. I saw you posting with your sister, with your dad. And I I think before your dad passed, I tweeted you, you know, like praying for you. And I was. And then when I saw that, it it really hit home for me. And um, I made sure that. You know, anybody that followed me or anybody that saw me out there, like, you know, sent you some love and, and your family some strength and prayers. And, and I hope you guys are all doing well and doing all right. And may your father rest in peace. He's in a much better place than this. And you are the man that he wanted you to be. And you're doing great things, bro. So keep going. I am. And and, um, and because of, like, people like you and Nick and Julian, I've been able to fight through and literally walk in my shoes because he would want me to be the man that I am today. I love that. And yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm gonna, gonna keep pushing forward. And I'm like, yep. I, I, lit- I said something to you. I was like, you yep. are, 
you are your you are an extension of your dad. You are him walking on this earth now, but he is above with you. When you posted the shoes, I'm like, you literally walking in his shoes, man. Like everything happens how it's supposed to happen. It's not always fun for us. It's not always a good time, but God has a greater plan and it's always gonna be better at, at the end of the day. We just gotta hope, pray and get there. Absolutely. Keith, man, as always, thank you for coming on the show. You are not only a great person, but you are a great friend, someone I consider a brother. And as a fellow brother, you know, we got to keep moving, keep pushing forward. God has a plan for us. And then, you know, open invitation, brother. Yeah, hopefully, man, hopefully when things get better, man, you know, we could be at the Yankee suite and we could provide more content. Because like you said, people haven't seen the suites of Yankee Stay and we can hope to provide content to build ourselves to make it even greater, man. Take it easy, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Looking forward to an episode when it comes out, hearing an episode when it comes out. You know, we'll link up when we can in in due time. Stay safe, all right? Take care. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Have a good one. Me too. Well, guys, that was Keith McPherson, uh, John Boy Media, all things talking. You know, they are one of the few ones that really produce so much content. Again, talking Yanks, talking baseball, uh, Pinstripe Strong, all things John Boy, talking Giants, all things. And, uh, Joe's gets on the PS4. He plays video games. He curses. You know, if he gives up a home <laughs> run, he'll curse in Spanish. Uh, he got, he got, he got two great kids. You know, he got his son Noah a beautiful Glaber bat last year. And, and he wouldn't let that go, man. He was just, you know, uh, and, and again, shout out to the, to Adoni Batista. He is the sweet man. If you want to book a sweet, Slide, slide into his DMs. I'm, I'm sure he's gonna appreciate the business. You know, uh, he, he is a platinum season ticket holder. So he's a couple times a year. He gets on the field. He's part, he's part of the presser. You know, he sees all that. He met Luke Voigt last year with his cousin. And, uh, they, they, they do just really good things. You know, John Boy was one of the main guys behind the whole Houston scandal. So they are smart. John Boy, Jimmy, and Talking Jake, and Talking Jake, they are really smart. And again, Kyle, brilliant, brilliant editor. Joe's and Keith, perfect on-field content. And that's actually where I first heard Keith is George's box with with JJ from the Bronx. They did that was the first season of the show. Great stuff. But but of course, you know, people move on. People move on to different places. JJ has a new co-host now, Nick Kirby. Who and George's Box Pod is still popping, so so listen to that pod, the Schmear campaign, GNT podcast, Twenty Seven Down, Yankee Crazy podcast, um, Breaking Balls with Emily, who just produced another new episode today. So podcasters support and podcasters, and don't forget Jay Stevens' podcast as well. Oh, that's right, we just had him yesterday. See, it's it's it's. Whenever I do shout outs for podcasts, which is rare because I hate that because I hate my notifications getting blown up. But <laughs> my it, notifications blow up. <laughs> but if I ever if I ever forget your podcast, it's not on purpose. It is because I, I physically am doing it off pure memory. Alright? 
There is no piece of paper with your podcast on that. I We started doing that the first month of the pod, but then eventually that paper got lost, so I wasn't making a whole new paper. So I promise, it is off memory. And of course, also Yap and Yanks, see? It's just... It's just sometimes that happens. So I promise you, I'm not I'm not slighting your podcast. I'm not saying your podcast isn't popping. So please just don't get in your feelings because obviously I'm still listening to your podcast. So rare, rare, rarely those shout outs will happen, but it's 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 all love and even though most likely all our podcast is partially bringing the same information, but it's all different spins, right? Like the only, the only two people that I could say matches our energy and passion is Julian and Bobby. But now that's not saying Emily or Mike or blah, blah, blah doesn't have the same passion. It's just that Matt, you know, matches the live and everybody has different opinions. Everybody has different vibes. Everybody has different takes. So that's just like Alan Han said the other day when we had him on. And listen to that pod. It's already got a bunch of listens, so keep it up. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tweet it out again. Um, but it's just about how you go about it. And this week we have another impact week. So tomorrow we will not be podcasting, but Monday will be podcasting. Tuesday will be podcasting. Wednesday will be podcasting. Friday for the second time and James's first time. We're expected to have Gary Sheffield Jr. on the pod. Obviously, his last name, you, you know what it is, Gary Sheffield, former major league player. And also, and also, in about a couple of weeks, we, and this is a maze guess, I normally want to tease this, but he, he says he will get back to me. But we should, if everything works on his schedule, we should have some Outback Sports. You follow him, you know him, outspoken, the great Clay Travis. Nice. And, Clay and Travis, for those for those who don't know, um, he's on Outback Sports. He's on Fox. He's outspoken. He says how he says, and he goes. And he doesn't care who you are. He will say what he says, and we will have no filter about it. So we love it, and we'll and we'll also have Kelsey Nelson out in a couple of weeks. She is a sports agent, a female sports nation. It goes with our Women in Sports Initiative, um, and 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 that's another thing, and. I also reached out to a Yankee Twitter female, Madison. She's she's been pretty good on Twitter. She has a thousand one hundred and forty two followers, and she just again goes with our Women in Sports Initiative because women are just as good, if not better. So when they have something yep. to say, it's gonna be smart. It's gonna come, and you just gotta un- understand that it's 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 twenty twenty. So if if you're in that mindset, like like Cam Newton against Jordan, right? Why are you talking about oh plays? <laughs> nah, don't be doing that, bro. That you gotta be that open. You gotta be thought out. And all podcasts are, are well, well, not all pod, all not all pod, podcasts are popping, but the majority of podcasts are popping. Whether it's football or baseball or basketball or hockey or dancing or TikTok or cooking podcasts. Whatever your interests are, your interests are. And and for this pod, we get big guests for you. Now, it's also cool for us to be talking to them too for you. 
but it's for you. It's guests that you're going to know. It's guests that you're going to like. And it's going to grow the pod. And that's a beautiful thing. I, I also reached out. Um, this is, um, I reached out and there's no confirmed date. But you guys know him. Another from ESPN. John Butchergrass. For those who Ooh, know John Butchie. Yes. And he's going to be on now. And he, I'm going to come on our talk test to talk all things sports. He'll also, he'll also be on my personal podcast called Puck Luck to talk all things hockey. So we'll talk a little bit of hockey on our show. We'll talk flip on my show. And yes, guys, I have a I have one called Puck Luck where it's, it's all hockey all the time. Devote to hockey 24-7. But this guy, the sports news, this is the main one. This is what I love. This is what, this is the main one for me. Puck Luck is just a side like how Don LaGreca has um, his hockey podcast. You know, called Game Misconduct, and he does the Michael K show, and he loves hockey. I like hockey. I love hockey. So, Butchie, I reached out to him. So, we're going to try to have him on soon. And just remember, and I want to say that schmuck that laughed at, that laughed at us when I when I interviewed Jessica, the great Jessica. Oh, Smith. that's horrible. That his his so, ad was like Raw33 underscore, right? So I DM'd yeah. him, and I was like, what's so funny? I was like, I, I was like, I, I I bet you haven't even heard our pod. And I said, guess what? We talked to people from ESPN, my guy. So I, I yeah. dropped him the Han pod. And I said, listen, before you judge, listen to our work. And then it can judge us. He, he hasn't answered back yet. But for anybody, and this goes in any walk of life, do not judge anything, anything without knowing about it first. It's not smart. It makes you look like an idiot, and it's it's just not good for you. It makes it makes you look full. And and also, what's a joke too? He's a verified account. So who that's is he? But you know what? That's okay because that's what happened with Julian. It's only gonna make us do better. So if you want to laugh at us and you think this is a joke, please keep laughing. It gives us that much more motivation to keep going and to keep fighting. And lastly, before we wrap this up. There, there could be a current New York Giant player that could be on the podcast. He's a rookie. I reached out to to, to, a, to a draft pick, um, Chris Williams, um, the, the the linebacker from South Carolina, the, the cornerback from South Carolina. I reached out to him. We'll be keeping touch. There's a chance that he could be on the podcast in June. So, guys, not only are we getting ESPN personalities, guys that work on Fox Sports agents. We're getting not just former players, we're getting current players. So, we're working our way up. So, don't say that, you know, and listen, my buddy, my buddy here, he puts in the work. And I put in the work, too. We do as much as we can. And he said this earlier, I'm going to repeat this. It's great for us, too, because it gets our out there, it gets us a lot of clicks, we have a lot of views. But we do the content for each and every one of you. We're doing this for you guys. We're, we're being different. We got one guy. We got Nick, long time. He's a long time Patriot fan. Me, a, me, a Giant fan from Jersey. Go figure. But we're doing this for you, and we'll keep doing this for you. And we're going to keep breaking boundaries. We're going to keep pushing. No one is going to stop us. We're going to keep going because as Han told us, and he, as Han told us the other day, we're we're not just going to be any regular podcast. We're going to be unique. We're going to be different. We're going to do this 
for not only for us, we're doing this for you guys. And and again, guys, please, please make sure make sure you follow that horrible trashy podcast, GNT. GNT podcast. Follow that garbage oh podcast. Julian Gallardi, who doesn't know baseball. Bobby Thompson, he doesn't know football. He like 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 he doesn't know the difference between f- football and soccer. So please please go rep that horrible podcast. Listen to that content. Julian Gallardi has like six followers. Bobby Thompson has like one follower. You know what I'm saying? Go listen to that podcast, guys. You guys are a bunch of, yeah, go listen to the clown podcast. What a bunch of clowns. Like, like, Julian trying to be, like, passing. Like, are you kidding me? And Bobby thinking he's, like, some sort of Adam Schefter. Oh, God. Go, go wreck that podcast. Follow GMT Sports. Follow Julian. Follow Bobby. Go wreck those guys. And, guys, we won't be recording tomorrow. We will be, we will be back Monday. And thank you to our week of guests from the great Ty Butler to the great uh, the other week, Antonita Collins, to the great Alan Hahn, and now Keith McPherson from John Boy Media. We thank you guys for the wonderful week that you guys have given us. Thank you for guys for listening to us. Um, shout out to Madison Miller for having me on her podcast. Thank you so much. Catch, Mad- catch the Madison Miller Show. Guys, thank you for listening to us. We'll be back Monday. We need to take a break. We'll be back Monday. And as always, life is a series of hellos and goodbyes. I'm afraid it's time to say goodbye. We'll be back Monday, y'all. And you will wake up a Jets fan. <laughs>